Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Welcome to Morning Shot. I'm Lin Lee. Singapore's identity, governance, as well as trade relations against the backdrop of tense US-China ties. Those were some of the key issues highlighted by Deputy Prime Minister Lawrence Wong at the recent Reinventing Destiny conference held to mark the 100th birth anniversary of Singapore's founding Prime Minister Lee Kuan Yew. DPM Wong cautioned that small states like Singapore will be at threat, especially in a world where geopolitical concerns take precedence over open trade, as that means growth might be slower and inflation will continue for longer. For more insights, we're joined by Dr. Tan Ki Gyap, Chairman of the Singapore National Committee for Pacific Economic Cooperation. Welcome to the show, Dr. Tan. Good morning. Hi. Good, good morning, but it is a good, good evening in Seattle. Oh, that's right. You're speaking with us from Seattle. Thank you so yes. much for your time this uh, today, well, this morning for My us pleasure. and this evening My for you. Pleasure. Always good to have you on. Many decades have passed since Mr. Lee Kuan Yew successfully navigated through turbulent times and you know, he built Singapore into the metropolis that it is now. We can't deny that COVID-19 changed many things, both economically and socially. So, Dr. Tan, what would you say are the new vulnerabilities or pressures that Singapore is facing right now? Well, of course, what well, is very obvious now, because of the geopolitical frictions, the world trade and investment is taking a step back because of the protectionism uh, led by the United States of America. So, uh, being a very open, small economy, Singapore cannot afford not to be plugged into the global trading system. But we have to think of a way out. As, as I'm having this conference in Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, we found a way out, a pragmatic approach. If free trade agreement cannot be taking place now because of geopolitical friction between economies, we can be thinking of economic integration between cities. So at city level, maybe it is easier to talk about trade and investment at the national level. At city level means you have to identify cities. For example, the uh, sources of growth in China some of the cities, for example, uh, in Chongqing, uh, in Guangzhou, uh, in Shenzhen, in Shanghai. So we have to link to the cities. And, and of course, the same thing in the United States too. Uh, if we cannot engage uh, United States on the uh, trade front in terms of uh, free trade agreement, their sensitivities while we are dealing with China. So we have to think of uh, collaboration at city level. You can still talk about environmental sustainability. You can still talk about policies on green finance because we are a financial center. Right. Uh, there are many things we can do, except that we can't currently uh, do it in terms of trade investment, which is the reality that the members of the uh, PECC communities recognize. Uh, given the current geopolitical nuances between the U.S. and China, both of whom are important trade partners to us, how would you assess our competitiveness as a small state? Well, Singapore, we are always competitive, whether it's in terms of manpower, blue collar, white collar, we're very competitive. But we have uh, age or extra advantages over our neighboring economies in terms of our transparency and rules and regulations our stability in our economy, and our super-efficient infrastructure, our airport and seaport. So we are still at least three steps ahead comparing to our neighbours 
in terms of infrastructure, whether it's seaport, airport, mm. whether it is our uh, governance, zero tolerance for corruption, our transparency in rules and regulations. So I think these are the competitiveness which we have built over decades and it can't disappear overnight. Mm. And even our neighbouring economies, including giant economies like, like China, they have a long way to go to reach the kind of level that we have uh, done. So in other words, we are still very competitive, uh, except we should not lose it. No? We should not lose it and we should not compromise on the high standard that we have achieved. Uh, Deputy Prime Minister Wong talked at length about his concerns and how the global multilateral trading system is coming under siege. In simpler terms, a change in the global consensus around free trade. We're seeing bigger nations move towards a more protectionist approach of trading. So what will happen to smaller cities like Singapore? Could you perhaps give us an example? Okay, give me an example. If we have heard us now in terms of trade and investment over free trade, then we can think of because of the technology advancement, Singapore is the leaders in signing the digital economy, bilateral cooperation between economies. We're doing it with, with Australia, New Zealand. Since 2022, we're also talking to China. So we can go through the uh, technology advancement in terms of digitalization that many of the uh, trades and services can also take place at this platform. So digitalization through bilateral economic cooperation. This is another area that we can move into. While we're waiting for the international climate on the free trade agreement to return. But it doesn't mean that this free trade agreement process is not going on. For example, the RCP, Regional Comprehensive Economic Cooperation, is still taking place. Like the CPTPP, Continuous continuous Progress with Trump-Pacific Cooperation, is still happening, led by the Japanese. Except that it is not taking place at the kind of rate and the level that we would like to. But this is a reality. So Singapore is a small economy. We have no choice but to accept what's happening in big economies. But we can be very swift and can be very flexible by exploring into new areas, uh, such as the uh, online services, digital platform, and uh, e-government. So these are many areas that I think we can continue to push on and they're quite new. Mm. And we're talking about even digital currencies. So, so this is a new area which comes with risk, but then you have to develop rules and regulations over time to face this kind of new development. Dr. Tan, speaking of which, we are, of course, seeing governments from the developed world stepping in and funding various industries or te- uh, uh, technologies, right? It's happening not just in China, in the US, in EU too. If we take a step back to look at the overall picture... Will that potentially have an impact on our Singapore businesses? What you see, Singapore from day one, we all, always recognize you cannot have market forces to deliver the ideal market outcome. Uh, there will be income disparity, right? And, and also the efficiency sometimes. Uh, market forces cannot deliver that. So intervention has to come in. Now, United States are beginning to notice that. And that is why they, they have government intervention, although they were champion of free trade. But Chinese have a state-owned enterprise. They've been doing that, and they become so big, they are quite efficient, and they dominated the market. Now, in some sense, Singapore as a small country, small is beautiful. Now, we have a Singapore airline, which are complemented by Changi Airport, which mm. is very much a government uh, initiative. Then we have a development bank of Singapore to compete with, say, our local banks, like UOB and OCBCs. So in that sense, 
our government does play a proactive role to facilitate these market forces, but not to take over the market. So what is currently considered by US now is nothing new, except if the government were to intervene, would it be competitive in terms of the high wage level, the militant unions that are very inflexible that they have? So you see, government to come in, you must have some infrastructure to support it. Now, in the case of Singapore, mm-hmm. we have a tripartite you know, arrangement, unique in the world, that we would not lose a day due to strike. So our government, union and employers can come together. And whenever there's a conflict, mm-hmm. government will be the referee to make sure that uh, the misunderstanding or the gap can be closed. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, our government intervention comes with efficiency. Whereas, you know, even China, their government intervened very strongly in state-owned enterprises. But some of the state-owned enterprises are not transparent and corruption actually takes place. So again, you know, government intervention must come with a government which has strong governance, zero tolerance for corruption, and you must have a special mechanism to make sure that that the, the inefficiency of the government or inflexibility of the union will get into the way for us to deliver results and deliver economic efficiency. Dr. Tai, I wanted to touch a little bit about uh, emerging economies as well, such as uh, Southeast Asian nations, Uzbekistan and even Africa. Singapore has been ramping up business with these nations beyond the developed world. Would that be the way forward economically if geopolitical concerns take precedence over open trade, especially with the major developed nations? Well, African, sometimes you think of the logistics and think of the frequency of the flight, for example, the accessibility to the market. So businessmen, especially private sectors, who have to make that assessment, mm-hmm. uh, even to India, right? So you have to understand the local conditions. So government should not direct as where they should go. Private sector businesses will know where they can make money because if they make a wrong decision, their finger is going to be burned. So in that sense, we also do not want too much government directives as to which country Africa they should go and what they should do. So sometimes certain things we should leave it to the private sectors. Uh, emerging economies is an opportunity. I think some of our businessmen are doing good businesses in Myanmar, for example. Uh, there is an early bird advantage. We go to places where they have, they have uh, people, foreign have not come in. So South Africa, there are people talking about it. Latin America is very far. So again, you know, Singapore is a small economy with a, a small private sector relatively to those giant economies. So we cannot stretch ourselves too thin, you know. Mm-hmm. So we tend to be thinking in terms of emerging economies in ASEAN. After all, we are a regional hub to ASEAN. We are a financial hub, a logistic hub, telecommunication hub, transportation hub. Since we are the center of ASEAN, I think in ASEAN is poised to grow as the fourth largest economic entity. So in that sense, even within ASEAN and within Asia, there's a lot of growth opportunities. After all, the sources of growth are going to be in Asia, in our ASEAN economies and also in China. So how China-ASEAN can integrate well itself might, might give some momentum to ASEAN growth because China would have to migrate some of its uh, uh, industries to, to regional economies. Hmm. Uh, not just in terms of the export quota, but also in terms of cost of production in China, which are also going up. So in that sense, it cannot be that bad if the production chains now begin to shift into ASEAN's favor. Like, for example, Vietnam is benefiting from the shift. Uh, to some extent, uh, Malaysia, 
Indonesia is also benefiting and also come to Thailand. So Singapore, we are at a different level compared to original economies. So we are not directly competing with them, the kind of foreign direct investment that they want to attract. And those foreign direct investment that we attract, and they, they are not afford to compete with us. So in that sense, there is a division of investment opportunities, uh, so to speak. It's a good complementary for Singapore as a bridge to ASEAN by directing businesses from China. Thank you so much for your perspectives this morning, Dr. Tan. Always great to hear from you. My pleasure. We've been speaking with Dr. Tan Ki Gyap, Chairman of the Singapore National Committee for Pacific Economic Cooperation. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.